Go big or go home. Words of wisdom from Sam. Because that's where that originated. It was a Disney movie. It was the very first time anyone had ever uttered those words. <laughs> Certain of it. Welcome to Interface. My name is Ian Fuchs, and with me this week is Mr. Chase Musil. Hello, friend. Hello. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. That's good. You're looking, you're looking charming today. I certainly try. <laughs> I don't. What, what's top of mind with you these days? What, 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 are, you, uh, what are you lamenting over? Um, well, right, right in this exact moment, it was... Uh, when you're on a website and then you move your mouse or click on something and like a big ad pops up in front of you. Oh yeah. That's becomes really very, bad. becomes very disruptive, very distracting. Um, yeah. Which also makes me not want to use this uh, upcoming link in our show notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, we won't tell you which one of this, <laughs> but uh, uh, another thing that's, that, that I've been thinking about a little bit recently is, is the $50 that I had pledged over a year ago on this Kickstarter campaign. <laughs> And uh-huh. and how they shipped half of the product like three <laughs> months after I backed it, which which was like right in time. Like, it that's, was like that's, a, that's not bad. It was right? like an yeah. April thing, and it was like all we need is to go in. Like, we have all the designed, and we have everything ready to go. All we're doing is going to production. We just need to know we have the sales to go into production at this quantity. Mm-hmm. And so yep. they were doing the Kickstarter basically to get that initial set of funds to get all their molds and everything made. So right. like April backing – july or august ship date something like that was the original right. projection i right. got the first i got half of the product last fall and for the last like what nine months ish ten months something like that at least i've been getting like a monthly email that's like hey we just changed this one thing and oh well we're we have a small batch of these but we're not ready to ship them out yet because this didn't look right or this didn't work right and so we're making an adjustment all the while not getting any pictures of any products, anything like that, and like no no visible progress, just some words in an email that's right. sent out to all the backers. And so I'm, I'm beginning right. to wonder, did I only get $20 of my $50 worth in value? <laughs> or am I, am I eventually going to get the remainder of this? And, and how long do I have to wait? Yeah. So is it... Did they when they initially uh, when you funded initially did it say that it would come in multiple things like you'll get this first and no it it, it it's it was supposed okay, to be the okay. whole thing was ready like, by April here's the like they showed the design and everything like here it is it's going to ship in, in August or whatever and okay. that's good and so then they they sent out an email before they shipped that the first half and it was like we have half of this done and we have all these stacked up. We and like you had like an option to say ship me what you have now, or wait oh. for the whole thing. Oh. And and so for me, I was like, I'd rather just get what you have, because then at least I, I don't feel like all of my money's out in limbo. Because you wanted that. Okay, can you did? So which piece is missing specifically? So it's it's a, a <laughs> iPhone video shooting rig. It's like tripod mountable. It has handles and mount points for like lights and microphones and stuff like that. Right. And then in the middle is supposed to be this clamp that can hold like an iPad mini or an iPhone or a, you know, whatever smartphone. Yeah, some device. Yeah. And have different lens attachments, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I have the frame that hooks to the tripod. 
and all the mount points. So the upside of it is that I can mount like my Canon DSLR in it. Sure on it. Yeah. And still hook like microphones and lights and stuff to the frame. Mm. Or I can use my um, selfie stick mount for my phone and screw that in and mount my phone on it. So it's it's uh-huh. it's a functional piece, but the thing that I actually wanted it for was all the lens attachments <laughs> and the grip and everything. So you kickstarted a frame, yeah, and so I, I basically kickstarted a piece of molded aluminum with some holes drilled <laughs> in it. Um, Good. And and my guess is that I could have gotten it for about four bucks if I had just gone to somebody <laughs> who does like basic metal work. Yeah. You know what? That's okay. You know you have to feel so bad um i've had i have kickstarter campaigns that i've backed that i i'm pretty sure they're just delayed indefinitely and you get these updates that are like four months after the update was supposed to arrive from six months before that right so i have a couple of those lingering out there but you i mean that's part of the risk of the platform right so uh, like thinking thinking all things crowdfunding like there's some really interesting there's some really interesting thought that goes into like you know the different platforms and like why you would choose one over the other and what types of products are successful and like for first of all i'm primarily a backer of games no surprise but not video games primarily board games or physical games yeah and there is a huge difference in success for video game or for board games that have miniatures like if a video if a board game has miniatures it's very likely to be successful on kickstarter but non-miniature games have a harder time. Well, and it also seems like just the idea in general of of a, a board game, I feel like the production cost of like the physical product is much lower. So as long as conceptually the idea is there and like if like if there's cards or whatever and you have somebody who's good at writing those to make those work, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. all of that stuff is I mean, yeah, there's a, a human cost of time or whatever to it, but there's not like a technological cost necessarily or a manufacturing cost necessarily like there is with some other things. Uh, so it makes more sense that something like that could succeed. Um, and I've seen Kickstarter campaigns for um, other like like books where an author's like, mm-hmm. I've written a book. I have the book. I can show you pictures of the book I've written. I just need money for publishing. And it's like all of right. the human work is done. All right. I need now is money to to actually have it done and this so those, definitely, yeah. those things always feel like they're going to succeed but on the flip side i also backed a a book well conceptually it was a book um probably three or four years ago and it was a here's the idea i have for this book but i need the funds not so much to write the book because they were only going to do an ebook of it but they mm-hmm. needed to be able to go out and travel oh to do this book yeah um it, and it was so there's like a lot of work left to be done on that yeah and and so it, and it was on indiegogo instead of kickstarter mm-hmm. so one of the options on indiegogo is um flexible funding so mm. no matter how much money is raised whether it's one yeah. percent or five thousand percent you keep it the the person with the creator of the campaign gets to keep whatever their portion of that is yeah and yep. so i yeah, there's that I pledged like 25 bucks towards this book that had a, I think it was like a $5,000 goal or something like that. And it sure. made it to like a thousand bucks. So the guy got his thousand bucks, but as far as I know, has never done his traveling because he didn't have enough to do right. the traveling. To do it. So it's like, he just yeah. took a thousand bucks and I guess 
make Indiegogo profit. Like step one, yeah. step four, like all the stuff in the middle was was like yeah. So as far as I know, I'm never getting this book. As far as yeah. I know, this book is never happening. I've never had communication after it got funded. I know my yeah. card got charged, my money got taken. That's <laughs> that's about the extent of it. That so. yeah, that difference. So Kickstarter has the keep it all right, and so that's the flex funding equivalent for Indiegogo. Um, and you can look at the breakdown. So like and we can put these in the show notes, but there's people that look at the differences between the success rates of these different things. Right. And, um, the all or nothing project. So they only get their money if they hit their goal. Those, a larger proportion of those are successful. Um, than the keep it all flexible funding model, like where they're going to take whatever is given. And so it, it's something like it's so 34% of them of the all or nothing are successful versus 17% of the flex funding, keep it all. And, and it's funny because um, more projects uh, go as keep it all. At least this was true of a couple of years ago, and maybe it's not true anymore. But people know that this is the way that you know the success rates go. But um, it looks like that all or nothing model is what works, and it's easy to see the psych behind it, right? Because we don't want something that has the. It's like it's averting risk, right? I don't want to be charged money if I'm not being guaranteed what you've said is the minimum amount of money you need to be successful to make this thing. Right, because I'm either going to sure... get a subpar product or no product. Right, but like even even that, like not everything is even a subpar product. Like in your case, like the, he probably can't travel, right? If he doesn't right. get enough but, money. But so then, then the result is no product. Like I said so. It's right. you get yeah. one of two things: you either get nothing, yeah, yeah. right. Or you get something that is not as good. Like, so, so his yep. whole goal was to travel to, like, all the Apple stores in Europe mm-hmm. and write about traveling I'm to all these stores. I'm seeing why you funded stores. this now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> makes more sense. Um, and, and the whole idea was to try to do the whole thing using social media to get him from place yeah. to place. So, yeah, yeah, so yeah. it was like, I need the $5,000 in case I need to get a hotel or food or, you know, whatever to live mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or pay for train or plane or, like, those things. But it was like, I want to find somebody who's willing to let me set up a tent in their backyard or somebody who's willing to buy me a cheeseburger at McDonald's to, yeah. to spend as little as possible. So it was like this kind of like social thing connected with Apple. So it was it, it fit for me yep. Yeah, yeah. on, no, on I, a couple I get of different levels. And so, so I was like, this is really cool. But like you said, the, the idea of like a thousand bucks isn't enough. I knew as it was rolling into that last like day – there, it wasn't going to make it. And I was like, do I pull my funding? Yeah. Do I leave it? Like, I guess I'll leave it and I'll chance that maybe he'll just shrink the the area he's going to do it in or something. Right. I don't know. Right, right. That's rough. I mean, that the whole scaling issue is just... It feels like if someone's bit has this really aspirational project, if they're making a video game or if they're making, you know, they're creating content like a book or whatever, it's hard to finish with less money. But I'm there are things like you're either going to be able to make, you know, like if you have a some multi-step product or like we're going to add more chapters to the like unnecessary appendices to the book or something. Like maybe the the things that are superfluous don't get funded. But or if it's, it's a just multi-part hard. book, it's a multi-series. Yeah. I mean, you. I don't know. Some of that stuff is hard. So, but to, but like to something you said earlier, um, when you go and like look at successful Kickstarter campaigns as well, um, I'm from from listening to other people talk about their Kickstarter history, and this is specifically within the video game world. But Kickstarter is not necessarily what it set out to be, right? Like it set out Kickstarter and Indiegogo. They set out to be a crowdfunding platform so people could make the things that they otherwise would not be able to make, right? 
that's that easy. You can understand that mission. You get the point, right? But that's not the, those aren't the projects that get funded today. Like the projects that get funded are exactly what you said. They're things that are either completed or near completion. And if it's a product, if it's a physical product of any kind, you need physical prototypes to show that you've like done it and can do it and what your ideas are. And then if you've shown all that, you've shown the product is mostly complete, then you have a much higher likelihood of success. Like nobody, it feels like people are not going to fund your dreams, but they want to fund the thing that the reality that you've already begun making. So Kickstarter is not even your first stop for funding. I don't know. That's just seems to be a truth of the platform today. People want certainty. That's really what it comes down to is if, if something is, if something is nowhere near successful funding or successful, it's just, it's risk aversion. You know, they're, they're just starting. All we have is an idea. We have a dream. And we want to make this thing. People look at it and they go, well, you know, my $30, mm-hmm. I guess, could contribute towards your dream. But what if your dream costs more than my $30 <laughs> and your $30 and their $30 and whatever that yeah. dollar amount is? And and it's not and, all or nothing, right? So, they're like, you're so, going to take so it no matter what. <laughs> well, but even even if it was uh, you know, only on whatever. What is it? All or nothing. The success only funding. Oh, flex funding. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All in, so all or nothing type. So it's like even yeah. if everybody gets there and gets the money to you, like there's no guarantee that that dollar amount is actually enough. And then there's also a question of like a lot of these campaigns don't show the math on how they get to the number they need. Mm-hmm. Like they say, yeah. you know, we need money for manufacturing or we need money for yeah, hiring a developer. Yeah, like, that's I see that a lot yeah. too. And it's like so yeah. you're you're paying someone's salary, but you never tell me like what of this – half a million dollars is that developer's salary versus your salary. Yeah, exactly. Because like you've made this your job now and I assume you're paying yourself because it's hard to live without getting paid. <laughs> so how much of the money that I'm giving you is just going into your pocket as um, as money? Yeah. And how, because again, if, that, if, you, if the project is successfully backed and then nothing ships, mm-hmm. I don't think they're beholden to the backers to repay them. No. So first of all, I guess we probably could have opened with this, but these platforms, you know, if you're giving money to them, you're, you're donating money. You're not gaining equity, right? Like in right. a company, and you're not. Which is why most of these things have, have a, a product, product on the other it. side of it. Right. Because, but, because they know people won't just give their money. Right. But so even they, then, they like need that. you need, like, it's, you need to be okay with the potential risk, right? Of not receiving anything and the product failing like like it's your thing right like maybe they never get it right like maybe the the mounts and the attachments like end up not working like or you know they don't work as intended or so they end up just not making it and they spend all their money trying to i've seen this like where people spend a lot of money remaking things and then they end up the end product is either you know uh, reduced or ends up never happening like there's all these pieces to it so um you just have to be okay with that risk know know what you're getting into this is all part of like when you try to sum up what type of project to back or whatever, and people look at the different components or whatever, um, there's, there's pieces of it that are, that we evaluate whether or not we want to back a project. And that's not just like, this is cool. I like your dream, but you need to like, you actually, I, I think there's more elements that are relative to the creator of the project than the project itself. So the project itself has to pull you in, right? There obviously is some initial 
uh, interest there. But then when you go to actually decide whether or not you're going to fund it, you're actually evaluating them or their company or whoever is like being represented, right? You're doing an evaluation of them more so than you are of the product. So like, again, like in some of this existing research, um, the, th- the three items that came out that people were concerned about were uh, creator incompetency, fraud, and project risk, right? So creator incompetency and fraud is the two big clusters that come out on top. Those have nothing to do with the project itself, those are the creators. So people are continually evaluating the humans in this and not just right. Right, the product. And that's, and there's a huge piece of that all the way through. Like um, there's research that shows that it's like uh, Kickstarters with videos are better and more highly produced videos are more successful, right? Um, Kickstarter right, campaigns that, that have updates along the way to, they, to let you know where they're at. Those tend to be the ones that people have higher satisfaction with, right? And ultimately lot, more successful. Lots of detail in the, the description. like the Transparency, there, like you said. Yes. There was... So my, my first ever Kickstarter was for a product called the Charge Card for iPhone and Android. Oh. It, it eventually became um, the... I don't remember what they actually call it now. Uh, but it's by the co- company Nomad, which is oh. actually a fairly reputable, like ios and android accessory maker they make cases yeah it's cool like leather cases and charging things and like they make some good quality products and they're very like outdoorsy ruggedy feeling mm-hmm. or very portable and so i had backed that and when i remember when i backed this campaign and i'll see if it's if the link is still alive um fingers crossed that it is but they had all kinds of stuff about like we already have this prototype this is what it looks like they had this video right um they had like tons and tons of details about like here's where we are in the process here's what the next step is here's yep. the date that it needs to happen and like like yep. lots and lots and lots of details about like here's yep. what we're gonna do yes and they don't have any information on it anymore <laughs> i don't think um at least it doesn't appear that they do uh, but anyway so they had all these great details here it is here it is oh my gosh um, use it anywhere. Tons and tons of photos of their prototypes in different situations, showing them working. Yep, which was great. Uh, tons of examples of like, here's what it looks like in the colors that we like: black, white, and this teal and brown color. Yeah, here's here's the one with the micro USB versus the lightning versus the at the time thirty pin. Yep. Um. Yep. And and then they had a website that it linked out to with even more details, and they were super good like 27 updates through the process of the thing. Yep. But I believe I backed this in 2013. I think um the last the last contact I had was in January of 2013. The estimated delivery was September of 2012. So it wow. shipped 6 6 months late. Yep. But even at shipping 6 months late that was probably the best Kickstarter experience I had, and it was the first one I ever did. That's interesting. Everyone yeah. since then has been more and more risky feeling. I had one that I backed, <laughs> and it was over a year before I got anything, and there was no communication in that year. Mm-hmm. And then one day, a product showed up with like Chinese all over the label, yep. and it was they had found a Chinese manufacturer and shipped it out without telling anybody. Yeah. Oh no. Updates. I, so I had, right. I had just, after like two months, I had just completely forgotten about it. I was like, oh, I guess yeah. it was twenty five bucks. I'm never getting back. Yeah. And there's all these risks, right? With extending out, like people moving addresses, having wrong addresses, shipping out, return costs. Like there's a lot going on. Oh, and then like just like something you said earlier about like board games being successful. There, 
the like there is a huge amount of risk in physical things period right and board games are no different like there there's a some there's some like crazy high variability and things that can go desperately wrong um sure. with making physical product but uh, most of them are like there's some pretty good established pipelines for making board games and who your manufacturers are they're reputable anyway so right yeah there's there's a lot it's, of it's like types I feel, I feel like in types electronics of it's 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 harder just because yeah that could be that there's could a be. software versus a hardware versus licensing a lot of like to make something that charges oh. an iPhone, like oh, yeah. now you have to use Apple's specific connector, but you want to make it fit in something smaller. So how do you do that with well, still? Right. So then, like, you, there's there's like more layers to to a lot of technical things. Right. That add extra extra bits of challenge here and there. Right. Yep. Yep. No, I, I don't disagree. I'm looking back at my old my older ones. The oldest one that I've that I backed. So the first time I backed was in 2013 early 2013 but um the oldest one i haven't received is from march of 2015 and the so and that was a video game uh for reference expected so that was march of 13 expect it's estimated delivery it was december of 16 so we're we're a ways past and i don't think it's and and they just started like their first rounds of beta so the nice thing is that it's actually happening and they have a very reputable studio and they give regular updates their website is like wait so it's it's a december profession. of 16 december of 16 is when it was estimated so to be done you're only you're only eight months behind yeah i mean they have I mean, a long it's actually, time to open with re- realistically that's giving themselves three years and only being eight months off schedule yeah is not bad. Well, they're not eight months of schedule. I think they're still like two years out. But <laughs> oh, okay. But anyhow, but at least they're like you know exactly where they stand, and right. that like there's like that company is people show up to work there, and it looks like they're still getting paid. So that oh, is that still a thing that's happening, right? But like I've had another thing where I I like back to this Kurt Vonnegut documentary, and that thing is just like off the rails. I have no idea where that's at. I have no updates. Just radio silence. I've I've heard that. So just looking at the Kickstarters that I've read about, heard about on other podcasts and stuff like that, and like kind of things that I've seen in in the tech press or whatever, that it seems like films, movies, documentaries, that kind of stuff mm-hmm. tend to be the most failed after a successful campaign. <laughs> yeah, and I'm but not because sure there's work to be done, right? I, but I'm not sh- I'm not sure which. Part of it is the thing that's causing it to fail. Like, is it that they thought they could get a name and they couldn't get the name in the thing? And so without oh, the, the rock thing. or yeah. what, the, whatever actor or actress or whatever yeah. person in the film that they thought was going to be like the driving character. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. if that person no longer is available or God forbid something happened to them. Right. Which throws off the whole thing. But you also yep. can't go in like movies, especially like a full length documentary could be very expensive and very time consuming to create. Yep. So you can't like pre-create a bunch of it and say, well, we're halfway done making this thing. Now back it. That's, but you know, that's like how the successful ones work or the ones that like, they oh, get absolutely the, right. Like, like my, my back in time, back to the future docu- documentary. Like that's exactly mm-hmm. what that was. Like they had a bunch of it made. They're like, Hey, we're looking for more money to finish. And then they end up getting like, a, a, they had a lot more, like they had a lot more doors open than they expected to for access sure. to actors and stuff, right? And then it's the opposite problem. They're like, "Well, now we have this thing, but it's actually going to take a little bit longer because we're making it better." 
Right. And they like went and secured it, external funding for it and that type of thing. But that's really and that kind of thing. If but, but I'm sure they communicated throughout the process and they did. So they did. so, yeah. so there's the the risk feels less like a risk when, like you said, there's good communication. You feel like there's some trust. You feel like they're utilizing the funds correctly and that they're communicating with you when things change. Yep. And yep. like, wasn't there a, a Zach Braff movie oh, that they were supposed yes. to be doing on here? And I don't remember whatever came of that, but I don't believe the movie ever got produced. It never happened. Yeah. And, and so that was one of those things where it was like, people gave a bunch of money you and they thought we can trust him because he's a character we trust. He plays a guy on TV that we trust. Right. And, and then all of the, all of a sudden things fell through. And so that's one of those examples of like, Here's why maybe you should be wary or should be careful about whether or not you're going to do this. And so like there's there's more and more people that look at uh, crowdfunding, whether it's Kickstarter or Indiegogo or whatever right. other platform that's out there. And they, they, they see the horror stories, the bad things. Right. And they see it as this is why I don't want to do this. Right. Especially when there's no physical thing that they can like see, even if they just see a picture of it. Yeah. Yeah. That they can't they don't feel like there's enough reward to give the money. That's so that then you get to the like for, you have to see it, you know it's there. There's all this like all these barriers to break down, right? And then there's still like the basic like I don't know what you want to call this, like the eBay principle or something. Like it's a reward or like the in eBay, I guess it's you won, right? But you don't win in Kickstarter, but it's like joy. Our team successfully did this thing, right? You're like, you're part of this collective. And so there's, there's, um, different psychological, like feelings of goodness, right? Like we're, it's not like, Hey, I buy It's It's less transactional and more, uh, community driven, right? In a sense. And that's why the, like the, the language is geared around, you know, look at hooray rewards success great as opposed to like thank you for your money here's your item that I promised you right right it's, yeah, but but I think that's the issue another issue of it is too is people look at it as Kickstarter is just a way uh, it's it's just Etsy but it's, oh. it's it's Etsy for things in development if you look at it like a marketplace yeah and pe- right. so people look at, at Kickstarter and they're like well I can just go sell my thing on Kickstarter because I've seen tons and tons of products where like their store like on their website yep. is like go get this on Kickstarter. Right. And you look at like the the main full price item and it's got, you know, an infinite supply of whatever the product is. And then the ones it deals were only a hundred or 200 or whatever. Yeah. But the, the main one is just like get as many as you want. Or Indiegogo is a huge one for that. Where like the campaign, yeah. they just keep kicking out the, the funding window yeah. another 30 oh, yeah, days. Yes. Because yep. Yep, yep. they're, they're either at funding or they know they're getting their money out of it no matter what. Right. Right. And so they're just using that as a store platform and that, that also dilutes and kind of confuses the idea of what it is Yeah, because it's supposed to be, here's an, a product and you are a huge group of people replacing the idea of a venture capitalist to yeah. let, leave the creator, the creator alone and let them do it their own way without having somebody else force them in a direction. And so you have like that benefit of it, but then you can't be guaranteed a product. Like the reason that venture capitalists make all their money is because they make good investments. And so you're basically saying like, now I just have a bunch of people who have to assume they're making a good investment. And that's not always the case. Yeah. This is a totally, this we're veering into like, should 
there's this argument, right? Should people, should you and I, as people who don't have income over whatever the threshold is, like 200K or whatever, like there's some number, right? But um, if you make less than that, you're not allowed to like effect, effectively be a VC for financial reasons. And so like, oh, why can't we just do pieces of it and let somebody who's like a financial advisor decide on what we're going to back. And then it's, uh, it gets a little hairy, but there are websites for this, right? Like you can just like back pieces of these different products or startups or whatever. Man, there's a lot of them. There's like a lot. Of, I'm just like looking at them and there's a bunch I hadn't heard of before, but it looks like Seed Invest and Crowdfunder and Micro Ventures, right? These are all, it, the promise is easy to understand. People make people make crazy money off this stuff. I want a piece of the pie. Right. Well, and they see it as a, if, if they put a little bit of money in, maybe they'll get more money out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, side. obviously. Yeah, and and then that's you know that's how you become a Gary Vaynerchuk or uh, whatever. Like you you make an invest a Mark Cuban. You make an investment on something and make money off that investment. And so like I said the the idea of Kickstarter and Indiegogo was always supposed to be like you're just a micro investor, right? Along with a thousand or a million other people. Yeah, but like the but Indiegogo and Kickstarter, you can't think of yourself as an investor because again, there's no return. Right, but that but the, the way they always pitch these platforms right. was yes. that yeah. you are a mini investor, but instead your investment is giving you a reward of not a product, a product, a reward, a, a, yeah. a reward whether it's a product, a book, a, a no, thought no, of the day just, email, a whatever a day email. That's right. Whatever whatever the reward I'm, is as declared by the creator. A shout out on a podcast. The a shout out on a podcast. Uh, the person who gets to contribute the potato salad recipe right. to the potato oh, salad man. kid. That's like also, what, whatever yeah. whatever it was that that was the reward, <laughs> and that by being an investor, you've received this award and written off your actual ownership of a portion of the company. So tell tell the truth now, Ian. What what dark, lingering products and projects have you been wanting to put on Kickstarter yourself? <laughs> you know, I I can't say personally that I've had anything that I've thought I'm going to kickstart that. Um, yeah, me either. <laughs> I've, I've I've had I've had some things where I've I've seen them like in a store or read about them online or something, and yeah. I've thought how how did that get made? I bet it was a Kickstarter. <laughs> and, but again, I, you know, I, I think of things like I would love to do a Kickstarter to make great YouTube videos or something. And all people need to do is give me money to, so I can get better gear and quit my job so that I can make <laughs> these YouTube videos yeah. or, or to be a podcaster. I'll, I'll make sure. great quality podcasts. All you have to do is support me. But but all of my ideas feel more like a Patreon kind of thing. Not I was going to so say, you, you just thing. describe Patreon. And so, yeah. so I look at it, I'm like... It's I not a one-time thing, right? That's I don't the, have like, a good or service. Like a very, here's my deliverable like, for this. Like It can build up around this event. But Patreon is like... Well, right. right. You just described it. It's a sustained... Right. It's a sustained I want, I want to continue making project. things. Yeah. yeah. And so I want a continued stream of money. And I, I know I, right. I have... I also have a couple of things still looking at my, my history in here. <laughs> Two products on my, my history are actually uh, – actually, three three products that are on my history are things that have already existed, and it's just for a new version or, oh, yeah. um, like, 
the the B script Pro. Well, the B script was a product that came out years ago. It was another iPhone camera rig thing, what? and then the the Pro version was the new version of that. And so I I had backed it, and then I actually canceled my backing of it because I got in touch with the guy who owns the company, and I have one. <laughs> oh, good. good. Um, the, so the, not for the grip, a lack of product, right? The grip that I have, the grip that I have the half of right now. Mm-hmm. The original product was also a Kickstarter thing, which I also have, and and then the uh, other thing on here is is the new version of Twitterific, mm. and that was a Mac app forever ago, and they basically wanted to know that there was enough people that would commit to paying for Twitterific mm-hmm. that that they could spend the time having their developers focus on that or hiring more developers to focus on that right and so it, it was a piece of software but they've been excellent at communicating um hmm. they've been i don't know they it, it's it's been a positive a experience great there. experience yeah and really even good. though it's only in like beta stages but like i i get an email about once a week from them it's like here's the latest version of the beta try it oh. out so i have I constantly have a beta version of this program that's constantly up, updating. So I right. I can see that they're working on it. I can see that my $30 is being put to use or whatever. Right, right, right. Huh. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of moving pieces with this, I guess. There's, there's some weird... These crowdfunding platforms have some weird pieces to them that they're, they're just separate from typical transactional across, like, right. things, that, things that I think about with commerce and transaction is like you want trust in the institution well in this case the institution is kickstarter not the person you're buying from right so there's like a weird transference there so you have to have enough faith in that that kickstarter is going to have your back or indiegogo has your back and not the people themselves like as far as the transaction but then, goes. Also, but then you have to there is a layer of transactional trust but that's that's just like trust in them that they're going to do the right thing not like your money's going to get lost like right. from fraud or whatever so there's right. like I, there's different levels that have been abstracted out but but you have to trust that they're going to take your money and do the right thing with it so yeah, like, it is it is still a transactional trust with the creator so there's 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 uh, there's a lot more psychology in it than yes that's that's the normal go to the store and yeah. buy something there's a lot more evaluation and judgment that goes on with this. Like you don't, it's not like you go into, um, you know, target or something and you go to pick up some pancake mix and you evaluate the pancake mix on the reputability of that company. Like, I mean, some people do, right. It's a, it is a real piece of it, but it's tiny relative to Kickstarter. You're like, you're not, you don't need to see some video of them like cheekily making pancake flour or whatever. Right. Just because it's it's like a real product. Heidi or whole foods or whatever. Somebody else already ha- bears the burden of you right. know, of that of that they're decision. Not, right? They're not going to sell a product that is going to explode when I put it in the oven or something. Correct. Or whatever. Where like, Kickstarter doesn't give a crap, right? What type of quality products go up on there? So you can trust them for some pieces of it, but you have to trust the individuals for the others. So it's just it's, you know, it's just a weird, interesting thing. It's I think it's interesting to know that Patreon came out after Kickstarter, and I I feel like it filled the void left right by this continued support piece, and that you know because people ran and they continue to run multiple Kickstarters when it's sort of bigger ticket items, but they happen in series, right? So like I have there's a couple board games that I've backed that those those companies have continued to come back to Kickstarter and make new products with because that was a, a successful platform they have a if you're in the network and you back one then you get emails from all those projects right if you leave your defaults on so they know that they can give an update to an old product to advertise their new one right and they have right. a built-in audience of people that already buy like had money for the thing they make so right. that all makes sense but 
you know, when it's smaller, like what you just mentioned, like continue to make high quality videos or put out content that seems to be your Patreon or like, you know, Twitch subscribers or these types of sustained content creation platforms. Oh man. Anyway, it's good stuff. uh, so what do you want to start a Kickstarter? <laughs> I don't know, but you can find show notes for this week's episode at interface.fm slash 56. You can also find us on Patreon. I'm just kidding. No, no, on Patreon. no, you can't. Damn it. Um, <laughs> Keep your where money. Where was I? I? I was somewhere in there. Show notes. Uh, show notes. Uh, not Patreon. They're there. Uh, there are show notes, interface.fm slash 56, or scroll down on your podcast client. They're down there, too. And uh, we'll be back next Monday. And... Most Mondays after that, hopefully. Like Monday Night Football during the regular season. Hey, you know what we didn't talk about was Star Citizen. We successfully avoided Star Citizen. <laughs> the thing you wanted to talk the thing that was you had as as your highlighted thing. That's all right. We could do it as the after show. Is the after show? I, you know what? Fine. The, the after show, I can just say what Star Citizen is. Star Citizen is a video game that um, was I don't know originally made a while ago. I looked at it like 2015 at least, if not earlier. Um, but it's this guy named Chris Roberts, and he's the dude who did like. Um, Wing Commander and Freelancer and other very popular like flight simulation fighting video games um, or like at least games in that vein. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Star Citizen is ostensibly the newest version of that is that it's you're piloting ships in space and you're flying around, blah, blah, blah. But it keeps like growing in scope, right? So like he pitched this um, for video game fans. It's like the Peter Molyneux fable reference like where you can plant a seed and come back in game you know years later and your tree will have grown like that's the star citizen promise for real though like this persistent huge world um it has they keep adding and making it more complex like there's gonna be this big single player campaign it has first person shooting so they have a whole team dedicated just to making like the shooter version so like you get out of your plane and you can walk around and like have guns and fight people or whatever like a typical first person shooter right and they got like zero gravity fighting and like like it's really ambitious on like four or five fronts. And then the thing that's like weird about the, the Kickstarter component of it. Um, and I don't know all it's like, it's been backed by what's it? I don't know. A million, 1 million, 800. Well, yeah. Almost 2 million people have or like are in this system now. And it's raised over $153 million in crowdfunding, which wow. is a right. Like this is the highest crowdfunded game of all time. And I don't know if it started as a Kickstarter or not, but it, the, like the crowdfunding continues, um, continues to roll in. But the thing that's interesting about it and how they keep making the money is that they'll have uh, these packages of planes come out and they're, it's scarcity. So like we're only making X number of these ships or like there's only X number of these variants of ships. And then the ships are actually not tied to your account they're like they're entities in this marketplace. So now there's the secondary and there's these secondary markets that just sell the rare ships. Huh. So like I bought a ship for like a hundred bucks. It's worth like 300 right now. Huh. And there's just a lot going on. I sh- maybe should not have spent a hundred dollars on a video game that will never come out because the other thing with star system is that it's been pushed out, you know, years of development. Sure. But they keep, sh- they show like 
they keep showing like little snippets of the game. Like, you know, like here's your update, here's your proof. And they've got, you know, there's a fully dedicated website and they're staffed up in multiple locations. And right. So like, it looks like it's all on the up and up and they put like a little, they'll show an update video at their big, they have like a con, like they have a convention for star citizen. <laughs> like it's, it's a huge, huge thing. People are writing like ridiculous amounts of lore and backstory and history to this universe. And they hired like, Here's a good like oh you know how we mentioned that videos and kick, video kickstarters with videos are more successful than not and right. then the more more professional videos are worth more. Mm-hmm. Star Citizen high, had like legitimately professionals come in and make their advertising videos for their ships. So like have you seen have you looked at these before? No. They're, they're some of my favorite commercials. I'll I'll give we'll put the link in the show notes, but or you know whatever. But there's like there's a ship for like the sports car ship for like the work truck ship for like the family ship. And it's literally like watching a commercial for like a Ford F one fifty. It's like, you could literally just put a Ford F one fifty in it and it would be an amazing commercial. And the same wow. is true of like the fighter, sh- like the fighter pilot ship or like the speed, like the sports car racing ship. Sure. Anyway. So it's just crazy. And so people see they, these like high production values, like I, ha- and you see like, Oh my God, I have to have this ship that doesn't exist. Right. <laughs> so there's, there's a lot of, a lot of people that spend a lot of money, because it looked very promising, and then in the end, it, nothing is coming out of it yet, other than a lot of fairly empty promises. They, they do monthly updates, right? It's just like it's hard to get excited about it because there's and there's like these demos that you can play of it. So it, I don't know. I think like the big fear, obviously, that it's just vaporware. But at 153 million dollars, I feel like they could fund their studios for a while. So I'm hoping that they make a video game How, at 153 million dollars, like. If they don't do it, someone will take the idea and do it. I mean, people are trying it. This is like, uh, you would say that No Man's Sky is a subset of this. Huh. <laughs> All right. Or like, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, doesn't, Elite Dangerous. There we go. That's another like popular spaceship. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Sure. But like, that's a crazy amount of money taken on, on crowdfunding. Yeah. So anyway, Star Citizen. It's a thing. Brought a lot of money. Could be paperwork. <laughs>